This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Place to Be Nation pop, welcome to Traders of the Lost Arcs. If this is your first episode, thank you for joining us. If you're a returning listener, we are glad to have your patronage, of course. I am your host, Tim Capel. I'm joined, as always, by a panel of men that I could not do it without. We're going to start with Scott Shiflet. Schiff. Uh, it's been a minute since we recorded a Traders here, but, um, you know, we're, we're building a nice little back catalog. In fact, a few more episodes than you realized, sir. <laughs> Uh, yeah, as someone who thought we had only done two or three episodes and was shocked, this was our eighth episode as we logged yeah. on. I am glad to be back. You know, it's like, uh, it's like, you know, doing a podcast with you fine gentlemen is just like nice, warm and cozy. It's like on a cold night and you put a blanket on. That's how this podcast feels. Good. That's what I like to hear. Uh, even when we don't necessarily enjoy the subject matter, it's still a fun podcast to do. Um, and it, Sean. Of, well, wow. we'll get there. Uh, wow. Fuck. Hang on. All right. Um, not to be outdone, we have Andy Atherton. Andy, have we made a fan out of you, a comics fan at this point in our yes. show run? Yes, you have. I've enjoyed the process and learning from you guys. I, mm-hmm. You know, I've there's been some picks out there that have been a little uh, kooky. We'll say, we'll say, but no, I'm I'm enjoying right. it because of the variety and and learning the history and and getting me. I have not really had time to really just start finding stuff. But what's cool is though, like if I hear about other stories, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll make that as my pick. So when it does come around to me, I already have my pick. So you already have ideas. I already yeah. I have ideas because it's it's a story I wanna I wanna read and I want to hear y'all's opinion on it because. I think you probably all have read it, but I'm not sure. So, I have not um, read the Dynamut comic. God damn it. Why'd you have to spoil it? <laughs> oh, sorry, my bad. And that man you just heard is Sean Kidd, and he is the reason for the season. He picked this episode here tonight we're going to be talking about. Uh, Sean, are you still a fan of comics after eight episodes of doing this show? <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. I didn't realize. I guess I didn't realize. Like, Schiff, I was like, I didn't know it was eight episodes. I can't. I mean, that would mean we've been doing this pod. I mean, with all the delays and stuff, close to a for year. ninety years. I mean, for I know ninety it seems, years. It I seems think. unrealistic that we've been doing it that long at this point. But uh-huh. no, I am still a fan of comics, and because I have become a fan in reading comics again, I have opened my eyes to, as you know, uh, DC comics again. Um, right. You know, so I'm in a whole new world of stuff I haven't read in my personal life. But uh, for tonight. Uh, we are reading one that I really, really, truly liked when I was kind of in that intermediate phase of reading comics because I thought everything in comics really sucked ass. Um, mm. And this was like the one true comic that I did read on a regular basis. Although, based on some innuendo I heard earlier and Shift calling uh, something a warm blanket, it sounds like you're going to make this a wet blanket. So uh, we'll go from there. <laughs> Might be a warm, wet blanket. We'll see. We'll, we'll okay. find out if this pick of yours uh, did, in fact, suck ass. Let's see. So wow. we're going to be talking Daredevil Dark Art. Now, this is uh, Daredevil Volume 5, you guys. And I, mm. 
I sat down with myself and, and tried to actually parse out in my head, how are we up to five volumes of Daredevil at this point? Um, so I, I sort of did the math. So the original Daredevil, the original volume of Daredevil from, you know, going back to the 60s, that ended in like 1998 when they started the Marvel Knights imprint, as you guys may know. So got a relaunch from number one. Under that uh, in-house imprint, Marvel Knights, that was the Kevin Smith, Joe Quesada joint. That ran for a good few years and did not get a reboot until uh, the Shadowland crossover. That was like 2010-11-ish. So it came back under Mark Wade. Very, very acclaimed run. That would have been volume three. That led to the uh, Mark Wade, um, and, uh, uh, why am I blanking on his artist? Uh, Samney, uh, eventually picking up the reins on the art chores of that series. And they got a relaunch, uh, you know, because that's just what you did when you had a, a very acclaimed, uh, creative team, you give them their own book. So <laughs> they did Daredevil volume four for a good few issues that wrapped up with, um, Sean, your favorite, Secret, not Secret, uh, yeah, Secret Wars under Jonathan Hickman, the 2015 mega event that sort of rewrote uh, the Marvel multiverse. Everything after that came back with a new number one. That is where we get Daredevil Volume 5 now, uh, 10 issues into this. These five issues we're going to be covering, it's uh, issues 10 through 14, Cover dated October through February 2016 into 2017. So we're still kind of slumming it here in 2016 after our last episode. Harley's Little Black Book, of course, spanned much of the calendar year of 2016. We're still hanging out there, I guess. So as much as, Sean, you said these comics sucked ass, uh, here we are, two consecutive episodes uh, with some 2016 comics. So take that that for what it's worth i know yeah didn't plan it that way but just worked out uh these would have been cover dated august to december 2016 if you are wondering what else was on sale at the time i know i kind of glossed over it last episode admittedly because those harley episodes i mean spanned so so many months um it just it would we would have been here all day going through like everything that was on sale pretty much through the entirety of 2016 for that podcast. But I actually put in the work for this one, you guys, and holy shit. um, As someone who kind of stopped buying physical comics, you know, several years before this, I, I went all digital, like around 2011, 2012, I did not realize how many physical pamphlets, if you will, <laughs> were out there and, and, you know, just stocked in these comic shops. And it is just overwhelming. So take a breath. I hope you got a few minutes here because <laughs> this is going to take a minute. But just to give you an idea, here's what was on sale at the same time as these, you know, five issues of Daredevil I have for you. Um, Afterlife with Archie, season two, number one. I guess 
gearing up for for Halloween. That is from Archie Comics. Uh, not to be outdone, we have Archie meets the Ramones as well. How about that? <laughs> what? You're a fan. Sounds, yeah. like, sounds like an episode Starting of Scooby Doo. That sounds like an but, Andy comic. Andy's well, all stay, about stay that. Stay tuned. One. Stay tuned, Andy. Yeah, well, uh, if you meet the Harlem Globetrotters, I'm all in. <laughs> but, um, you're gonna be out of luck there, I'm afraid. Uh, we we do have though uh, a relaunch. Uh, many relaunches by the way um due to dc's branding event uh the dc rebirth and yeah, that was rebirth which was oh, right which yeah. was five years after the new 52 yep yep so five years in they kind of walked some of it back right and said eh, uh, people the like the old stuff that right now uh, the batman rebirth i'm in the middle of that's right you've been enjoying it quite a bit as yeah. i understand yeah so Lots of new number ones coming out of this. I mean, the Rebirth uh, initiative itself started earlier in the year, but we're still getting a lot of new series kind of spinning out of that. So we've got All-Star Batman number one. Boy, I hope it's better than the first All-Star Batman series because that was a real turd buster. Um, Got uh, a new Hellblazer number one as well. A new Harley Quinn number one, which we talked about on our last episode. Mm. Batman Beyond gets its new series. So anyone familiar with the Batman Beyond animated series, fans of that? Yeah, I've always wanted to read that, Tim. And, like, Mm -hmm. I just haven't heard, like, good things. Like, Really? Yeah, and because I like the Batman Beyond series. Like, I I think I may, obviously I'm the youngest one here, but I think it was more, Mm. like, for my age demographic and maybe my little brother's. Be- but I really enjoyed the animated. Like, did, did you guys ever watch that movie? Because it starts. Um, yes. Uh, what I saw of it, I thought was pretty good. It, it was not, not necessarily my Batman, right? Because you still had the DC animated universe going pretty yeah. strong. Like the Superman. I think the Superman animated series was on at the time, and they would do like some crossovers with Batman. Uh, but this was like kind of the regular. Um, Batman show, Batman Beyond. That was with uh, Terry McGinnis, right? Yeah. As the yep. future Batman for the future. Um, and, you know, the Alfred was played by Bruce. Like, it was yes, Bruce was, he was the, the Alfred. Uh-huh. He was like the mentor figure. Yep. There's always been this rumor that, like, before Keaton obviously came back for the Flash movie, that they were going to do a Batman Beyond movie, and Keaton was going to ah, be that, okay. which, I, which I thought would have been dope. But mm-hmm. I don't know how you would do it, because, like, you got the Batman beyond is like real futuristic and sadly the future as we've seen it is not as uh, sci-fi inspired as (laughs) everyone fucking thought it was sadly. So, um, but yeah, I've always wanted to, but I can't really find like a good, the closest I've ever gotten was this event called futures end where, Mm -hmm. um, the, where Batman beyonds in it. But, um, okay. I enjoyed the futures end. I'm not going to make y'all read it because it came out weekly for a year. Oh shit. Yeah. Well, that's DC for you. We've also got um, a whole bunch of just Rebirth branded one shots from what I gather. So you've got Blue Beetle Rebirth, number one, not to be confused with Blue Beetle, number one, I guess a new regular series. Uh, Deathstroke, number one, Deathstroke Rebirth, number one, (laughs) Suicide Squad, number one, Red Hood and the Outlaws, new series there. Cyborg as well. Cyborg also has a Rebirth one-shot. Again, I don't know. Same deal with Teen Titans. Uh, well, that's when they were trying to push Cyborg because he was in Justice League around that time. Especially League, with the yeah. New 52, he was like 
by mm-hmm. G guys. Sorry, I know I'm interrupting you a lot, but this is like when no, I was no, no. This, sweet spot. I, this is helpful. Yeah. Otherwise, this would be quite dry. <laughs> um, again, you get Supergirl Rebirth one shot, followed by a Supergirl number one, Superwoman number one. I I don't know. Uh, Good lord. Injustice. Ground Zero, so I know, Scott, you're a fan of uh, the Injustice, um, I guess, alternate take on oh, the I, heroes. Yeah, of, I love those. I, uh, it's, in, legitimately, the Injustice universe got me back into comics, because after I watched, uh, it's actually the only good thing to come out of the Snyder Cut, to be honest, mm, because okay. the Snyder Cut has the Nightmare Universe at the end. It has the tease, like, yeah. The tease. Have I you watched like, the animated movie, though? On uh, the Injustice animated movie? No. I heard it was bad. I, I actually liked it. I thought okay. it was okay. Really? Then I'll check yeah, it I out. Need to, I need to check it out. Is it, yeah. is so it that like was a video game? It was based on yes. a video game, yeah. But yes. they I've played that. I've only done... Film on. It's on HBO Max. I gotta go back and play it, because I think I only did the Batman ending. I didn't see the Superman ending. I got so into those games, guys. Like, not only did I read all the comics, but I would read because like the comics, they were set five years before. Like they had like year one, year two, year three, year four, year five. Then the video games for Injustice. I literally one day at work, hopefully work isn't listening. I put it on in the background while doing work and was like listening to all the cut scenes <laughs> and then oh, wow. read Injustice 2, ran through all those and then did the same exact thing and like, I was hardcore deep into it because, like I said, it's the best thing that came out of the Justice League. Like, holy shit, they were going to turn. I know Superman is your boy, Tim. They were going to turn him heel. And they sure. did in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he turns like full. But for a good reason. Yeah. Well, well, yeah they, they get, they get divided. Driven really. insane, basically. Well, yeah. 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 No yeah but yeah. he turns um, full. I mean, like, I know what happens. I haven't read it. Authoritarian. But I kind of the broad strokes of it. Yeah. Well, I don't know if does the movie differ from the comics about why he goes insane, though. Oh yeah, I don't know. Well, but, um, I think they were like uh, um, in the Snyder verse, they were going to have Justice League two, where Lois is pregnant and yes, yep. Batman yep. fails yeah, to yeah, save yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, they it was never Batman fails to save her. Not scare, not not Joker, not Joker and Scarecrow teaming up. But yeah, yeah. In the in the animated movie, it's about Joker. Yeah, I, I can't imagine they would have been able to do a like that's a tentpole blockbuster film for Warner. Oh, no, we can have a whole other podcast about how a horrible director. There's just no way they never read the source material for any DC fucking movie that he did. I mean, sorry, I'm going to say it one more time. The worst thing he did was Batman and Superman for some reason are beefing, which I can't even tell you why. The reason why they stop is because he says Martha and Bruce is like, you talking, you got a mama named Martha too? And they fucking start teaming up after that. It makes me fucking main roster angry, like eight fucking years after the fact and fuck Snack Snyder. That's what I'm saying. He must have been watching The Waterboy because that's how Bobby Boucher and the kicker become friends. They talk about their mamas. You mean Wonder Woman in the, in the, <laughs> you mean in the comics Wonder Woman didn't uh, accost, uh, sexually accost a fake Steve Trevor. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> no, she did that, that <laughs> shitty Wonder Woman 2 movie. All right, let's move on, Tim. <laughs> Injustice Ground Zero was a four-issue miniseries, evidently. Uh, there's also a, this sounds pretty cool, actually, Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles team-up. Oh, so Batman really TMNT badass. Adventures. Yeah, yeah that's good. the art looks pretty cool from it, from what I've seen. Um, speaking of Wonder Woman, this is 
another sort of novelty project here. We have uh, Batman 66 meets Wonder Woman 77. Oh, fuck you, Andy. There you go, brother. <laughs> there you right go. There, this was a digital. <laughs> this was a digital. Uh, originally uh, published, I gather, as a digital comic, although collected as a physical release. Andy, uh, so, Adam uh, West Andy, and Linda Carter? Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, the sweet. Adam West, yes. Yeah, so done as a comic, in other words. Nice. And it's, it's literally called Batman 66 meets Wonder Woman 77. Yeah, I might, uh, I might be out on that podcast. <laughs> you think so? <laughs> so you also have, though, by the way, uh, Wonder Woman 77. So, so staying within that universe, meeting the Bionic Woman. So, Andy, you, you can... Are kidding me? That's oh, like serious. Right here. God These damn, are digital comics. Like, that... Material for the next year. What are you doing? <laughs> well, I think some of this, though, I would hear that uh, in my head while I'm reading it. <laughs> uh-huh. So check that out. There was a Wonder Woman 75th anniversary special, so I gather that's why there's some of this interest in Wonder Woman projects here. Sam, I need Hawk 78, Spider-Man 78. That's what I. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? Marvel needs to get on the ball here, and they 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 stay so they play it so safe and conventional. You know, DC at least gets gets a little bit experimental with these these concepts. Uh, but uh, we also have a a new Doom Patrol number one. I found this to be a little bit interesting from Dark Horse, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer season eleven. So they've done a. I, I know that the show ended. What after about eight or nine seasons? Yeah, I think it was uh, seven. Yeah, they seven. They did Dark the first, Horse. The first five were on on um what was like uh, CW, and then the last uh, two were on UPN. Yeah, yeah. You have it wrong. Um, WB then CW. Whatever. Right. That might be a w- good yeah, one to WB check out too, Andy. By the way. So they did. Uh, I heard they continued after, it on after the in yeah, comic form. Right. Yep. Well, in comics, yeah, continues. They, so. they used to be their gimmick because Jericho, this little uh, before its time TV show that was on CBS for two seasons, they continued season three on in comic form as well. I think uh-huh. they did it for Angel. Well, yes, because there is also Angel season eleven yep. uh, being released as well. God so damn. side by side there, and I know Angel didn't last. Angel but, only went five seasons. Yeah, so they've done a few comics versions of that i suppose uh so we have uh from idw this is more great content for andy you guys gi joe revolution <laughs> number one i don't know Ow. what it is but it's a gi joe 2016 was the year of the atherton it really <laughs> is i tell you yeah jeez it really is this uh from dark horse sounds pretty cool uh hellboy and the bprd 1954 nice. the unreasoning beast <laughs> so nice. Kind of a mouthful, but uh, Hellboy fans will enjoy uh, that. Kind of a movie tie-in there, too. Um, they made movies it? of both of those, right? The Unreasoning Beast? I, I don't no, know. This the, seems the, like a... No, the Hellboy and then the other one. What was the well, other everything one? Was, everything was BPRD with him. Oh, so, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think this is just uh, another continuing adventure type of deal. Uh, we have... I, I feel like I wrote all of these down with Andy in mind. Uh, Josie and the Pussycats <laughs> with a new series. Jesus uh, Christ. That was my, my sister was, was big. Oh, that was your sister. That is such okay. a butt cartoon. God forbid. Well, okay. Comic of that. 
Because yeah, what about they, first it was Josie and the Pussycats, then they did like Josie and the Pussycats in space, which was even worse. Ugh. Oh man, come on. What about uh, okay? It's not Jim and the Holograms, but Jim and the Misfits. Andy, oh, oh. on board with that? Oh. No? All right. Well, maybe uh, Raven number one from DC. Speaking of the Teen Titans, would be more your scene. Uh, IDW getting in on the action again with a new Star Trek series that is called Star Trek Boldly Go. I think it's an anthology sort of thing. Uh, we're just spotlighting different iterations of Star Trek and their characters and different eras. It's what I gather anyway. Uh, Winona Earp, Legends number one, I, I think speaks for itself. Uh, I'm sure that sold like new- three copies. Wasn't that like a TV show or a, or a movie? Winona Earp. It was. Okay. There was a. I believe there was a show Winona Earp at one point. Okay. I think it ran back to back with uh, Lonesome Dove. The Dove. That sounds like we call it. Dark Horse getting a lot of mileage out of these Alien versus Predator. Uh, oh, some series. of those are really good, by the way. Yeah, this one's called uh, Alien versus Predator: Life and Death. I couldn't tell you what the premise is, but Sounds like it's life or death. It sure does. Life or death. You know, Marvel now has the rights to Predator, and they have a Predator comic now, right? I have heard, yeah, because they because of the Fox purchase, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Very good. Um, We have a new Luke Cage series. This is just called Cage, Mm -hmm. debuting. Uh, Champions number one. I really liked this little series. Uh, again, Which one was, our, this? Uh, was it a reboot of the, the original Champions? Or? No, no, no. Champions in name only. But as a team book, it was sort of similar, kind of like a Young Avengers concept where it had uh, Miss Marvel, the Kamala Khan, Miss Marvel. Oh, yeah, I'm out. With, um, <laughs> you're an asshole. Um, I think it had the the Amadeus show Hulk. It had Nova, like the not Richard Ryder, but the new kid Nova or whatever. It's like a new Warriors kind of thing. And yeah, yeah, sort of. And it had the um, the time displaced uh, Cyclops from the original X Men, who oh, was also yeah, a kid. That's right. That was yeah, actually a so pretty good series. The, it uh, was. When the really X-Men uh, somehow, I can't remember how they came from 1966, but it was nice to see how Jean Grey, like, she was like, what do I become? And no one would tell her until she found out. That was, that was right. actually so a very good series. That was really good. Yeah, I, I kind of liked what they did with those characters. And I liked that they formed friendships uh, outside of, you know, just the mutant community. So that was where Cyclops and Miss Marvel struck up a friendship. And... You know, when she died here recently, just you know, a few months back, and they did the whole resurrection thing. Now she's a mutant. It was, um, it was like a big deal for for Cyclops, the now adult Cyclops, because he still had those memories of them and being cool teammates and, too, right? and friends. Really cool. yeah. 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 And when they had her funeral, he was like, "This is bullshit. Fuck this. I'm sitting it out." <laughs> and then they ended up resurrecting her because she's a mutant. So fuck you. <laughs> So it's actually a good use of uh, a concept we have not been totally on board with, Sean, you and I, with the correct uh, uh, That would be but a, I, Actually, I haven't read it, but that would be a true highlight for that tieback. Yeah. Cool, actually. So. so, yeah. So anyway, and that was, I mean, right before everything went to hell with the, the, health, the Hellfire Gala. Um, the Fall of X. The Fall of X. Yeah, Fall of the Mutants here. 
Uh, ooh, fall of X. Uh, interesting you use that terminology. Stay tuned here as we power through this. A new miniseries called Spider-Man The Clone Conspiracy. Revisiting that era. God, <laughs> Sounds how many, clones, how many clone stories do we have to fucking have? Look, God. people love... people. You would not believe it, but people love that shit. Oh my and, god, I hated it yeah. so much. The Ben Riley shit, I couldn't stand it. There are people who fucking love it. Ugh. Yeah, this, this sold big time. Like, Dan Slott wrote this. It was a... This was treated as, like, a big deal, surprisingly enough. Dan Slott was good on Spider-Man, though, for the most part. For the most part, yeah. Uh, from the Star Wars universe, we have Dr. Afra getting a new series. This is through Marvel, but they have a Star Wars dedicated. So Marvel had the license back that, like, in 2000. Yeah, they did. God, they man, sure did. I can't believe it's been that long. It's crazy. I thought yeah. that, wow, okay. They got it, like, right when that deal was signed. Uh, so it... It probably went back to 2015 because I was looking and they had an ongoing like Darth Vader series that was up to issue 25 at this point. Dark Horse so, is pretty good. Dark Horse Star Wars stuff is pretty good, yeah. Okay. I haven't read any of the Marvel stuff and I should. Not I, since I, they've rebooted it, I have not. No. I kind of want to, so we'll see. No. Uh, okay. So I guess it, as you know, Halloween is up in here, so we have a, the seasonally appropriate. DC Superhero Girls Halloween Comic Fest Special Edition. Jesus. No. Nope. I think Comic Fest was like a joint promotional thing where it was a bunch of like Halloween freebies. These were like free comics, sort of sort of in the vein of, of free comic book day, from what I understand, because there is also a um it is Scooby Apocalypse Hanna Barbera Halloween oh. Comics Fest Special Edition. This is a lot to say. I did not know we were going to be doing an Andy Pod tonight. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. But but Marvel Marvel would not be left out because they they have on the docket here a Spidey Halloween Comics Fest Special Edition as well. Anyway, uh, keeping with the Halloween theme here. I, I guess this is sort of horror-centric. Dead Man, Dark Mansion of Forbidden Love, a miniseries, if, uh, if you're a fan of the Dead Man character. Uh, the Disney attraction, Haunted Mansion, gets a special as well. I guess that has to be a Halloween tie-in. I read uh, Disney, yes. the Haunted Mansion, it's a good story. I mean if you know anything about the lore of, of the attraction and the story they built to it. And actually the, uh, the, the new movie, movie was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah. It, 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 it didn't do well at the box office, which was disappointing, but it was, it was way, first of all, way better than the Andy Murphy one. Um, and yeah. And they did the one last oh, year. God, with the I Muppets. forgot that existed. They did one with the Muppets, which was really good. It was, it was campy. It was fun. If you are a fan of the attraction and or a fan of the Muppets, I would recommend that, but I would definitely, Haunted Mansion, you could go, because, I mean, I think there was rumors of Guillermo del Toro wanted to do a Haunted Mansion movie, but he was going to make it way, like, dark and, and, and ultra-violent, but so Disney was kind of like, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> so, but this one, this yeah, one sounds was... sounds like we missed out. It's yeah, but, yeah, I would definitely read a, a Haunted Mansion comic, though. Well, you may be in luck then, sir. There you go. Uh, we have, from the movie universe of the Lost Boys, a... Lost Boys five issue miniseries firing up here. It is uh, titled "The Lost Girl." I'd read that. So, 
Yeah, it's got as long as it's not back. as butt as those sequels were. Mm. Uh, whoa, yeah, I forgot there were some those direct. To, I think they were direct. No, they to, they had, sequels or they had direct to cable. Like, oh. basically getting getting Corey Feldman a paycheck, basically. Uh, yeah, no, no, Jamie Gertz and those, huh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh boy, yeah. I mean, two of them: the Tribe and the Thirst. Mm. Did they even get Corey Haim in those, or was he? He, he was a. Uh, he was in like a post-credit scene for one of them. Yeah, oh, that's it. Yeah, there was one died. was like all about the Frog yeah. Brothers. What about Felbin? Was Felbin with? Was Felbin in both of he those? Those are both. Yeah. I, I see. He'd probably be a cheap get at that point. <laughs> yeah, it was 2008 and 2010. Yeah, those one of those things like if I'm flipping channels, and it's on like you know Stars or some some shit, and I just you know you end up getting sucked into it if there's like nothing else on. And I was yeah. like, this is terrible. Was Diane Weiss dead at that point? I hope. I mean, in terms oh of my movie. god. Is, right, wait a minute, is she, is she dead? She's still no, in the alive. Movie, in the movie verse, not. Oh, I hated that oh, character oh, oh, too. Yeah. I thought she. I was like, she's a dumbass. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. All right. And okay. Cool. All right. So <laughs> we've got, uh, I guess, uh, tying in just in time for the the Doctor Strange film. Sean, one of your favorites, I know, from the MCU. We've got a, a number of Doctor Strange projects here, you guys. Uh, Doctor Strange and his Sorcerer's Supreme number one. We have as well uh, Doctor Strange Mystic Apprentice. I do not know who the Mystic Apprentice was. And here's a strange one. Doctor Strange Punisher Magic Bullets. This is a started life as an infinite comic. So those are infinite comics, if you're not familiar. Another digital gimmick. Uh, so it's a digital gi- uh, comic that is optimized for vertical scrolling. And again, so, I did not realize that that has been around a, lo- a thing that long. That's I didn't either. I thought that was a kind of newer thing. I, I didn't actually, know it was that new. When I went onto my Marvel app and I started seeing Infinite Comics, mm-hmm. I was like, I had no idea what the fuck they were. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird branding, but um, some of them are are pretty clever. Others are just sort of like seems like a lot of tall buildings and people falling. <laughs> like it just, you know, it's all right, whatever. And, and Dr. Strange traditionally, uh, not a big seller because he constantly gets canceled. Any comic series. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so you, you sort of mentioned it in a roundabout way earlier, Sean, we have the, who oh boy, death of X miniseries. <laughs> this, this got me fired up. Um, seeing this which leads to leads right into inhumans versus x-men another miniseries so uh, all this was about the x-men got like every series coming out of secret wars got a relaunch in 2015 and it was sort of like they did a time skip where a lot of events had taken place and you're just thrown into the center of the action and we're sort of filling in blanks as we go uh, Cyclops was dead. He had done something apparently so terrible, we can only refer to it in hushed whispers, you guys. So he went so far off the reservation, just the worst thing ever. Must have been full villain mode. We don't know what it was, but it was it was truly, truly heinous, right? So he he crossed that moral event horizon. And ultimately, this led to his death, evidently. So this is the miniseries that promises to answer the question, what did Cyclops do? Um, so you want to know what he did, you guys? Uh, yeah. He um, 
fought tirelessly to preserve the preservation of his 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 race, his people. That's yep. all he did. Because the Inhumans, you see, who Marvel was pushing very heavily at the time uh, to sort of take the place of, of the X-Men as both a, a character concept and sort of in their publishing cal- calendar as well. Like, there were just tons and tons of Inhumans books being published at this point. They had this process called Terragenesis where they would, uh, it was like a ritual activity where they would um, mutate people by use of the Terragen mists to basically, and it's people who like were marked as being part of this inhuman race, right? And so the process of, of them being actually physically transformed is called terogenesis. They are exposed to, um, again, the, the terogen mist, this uh, cloud, basically. And so there's these giant clouds of, of terogen mist on the planet Earth that are uh, just transforming people in droves, not unlike manifestations of mutant powers. Hmm, that's awfully coincidental, right? Uh, certainly by that design. Sounds, sounds weird, right? Sounds weird, right? And it also happens to be fatal. Exposure to the Terrigen Mist is fatal to mutants. Also very convenient for Marvel, right? Um, so. <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's like, so the well, terrible I, thing that Cyclops did was to plead with the inhuman royal family, look, this is killing us. Can you please, I don't know, rein it in a little bit? I'm not trying to say... You can't. I, I don't. I don't want to disrespect the culture of of the inhuman, the great inhuman people here. But this is literally killing us, being out in the wild like it is. And they said, "Go piss up a rope." <laughs> and he said, "All right, fine." So Cyclops took it upon himself to wipe out these terrigen clouds, just get rid of them. These toxic pollution clouds that were forcibly transforming humans by the way against their will and killing mutants that's the terrible thing that he did did he actually (laughs) by the way he actually didn't get around to doing it because he died himself (laughs) swerve in the first issue of this series from exposure to the terrigen mist he dies it's called and literally the condition that kills the mutants is called impox so Kills it's amazing how they go out of their way to character assassinate Scott so many goddamn times. Well, even in the process of doing it, they they really didn't because they made it look like okay, he he fought to his dying breath <laughs> for his but people as a absolute freedom fighter, and then said, "Well, it wasn't even him." <laughs> yeah, because Emma was it was like a Emma like was, a psychic projection of Emma Frost. Like yeah, it turned yeah. yeah Emma Frost. Um, pulled the wool over everybody's eyes by saying Scott is dead. Cyclops is dead, but I am going to project in your mind's eye, a mental image of him basically doing all of these things in order to basically preserve his memory. And also because I feel like the mutants are going to need a martyr at the end of all this. And the way that he died and the way that he died was so undignified that we can't let the truth get out. So really what they did was assassinated Emma Frost's character in the course of trying to 
establish this terrible thing that Cyclops did that wasn't even a terrible thing, which was actually quite heroic, if you ask me. <laughs> um, I know I'm a bit of a Cyclops truther, but it seems to me he prevented the extension of his people, or at least Emma Frost did. So good on both of them, honestly, <laughs> when all is said and done here. Dumb. I can't believe they tried to sell this like as some horrible misdeed because they knew readers weren't going to be on board with this. They were already rejecting the whole inhuman push from the jump. Their own writers didn't even seem to be on board with this because why would they write it this way? If that was the idea, you know what I mean? And it just, it came, it just went over like a wet fart. Obviously it led to, as I said, uh, inhumans versus X-Men, which again was like, the Inhumans can go fuck themselves <laughs> as far as readers were concerned, especially after all that, right? Like readers were already very lukewarm to this idea. And then after the whole, Oh, they're, they're trying to kill all the mutants with the Terrigen mist. Forget that. The, we were not going to have it. We were not having it. So that was kind of the, the beginning of the end of this big effort to make the Inhumans happen. Uh, suffice to say, Thing the night too, it the sure does. Yeah, Going to be they, more on that coming they, up. I mean, I knew about Terrigen from watching Aces of Shield because yes. I think I, I they, kind of they like, even worked yeah. it in. Yep. They yeah, and they but it, but because they didn't have mutants though, I think they right. did it where it was is if you got exposed to Terrigen mist and you didn't have an and like Correct. the inhuman gene, you died. Uh huh. Okay. That was their way okay. of working in like a mutant type thing into their universe. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yes. So it's like yep. you risk either you're gonna transform or have some kind of power, or you're gonna die. That's your choice and, is if and, you get exposed. And Tim, that was before the whole Fox sale too. The whole Fox like right before, yeah. yeah. Well, not so, right before. A couple years before. Yeah. So yeah. that's why they did it that way because they had no hopes of doing X Men. So that oh. was their way of trying to do it, right? So just just a total shit show. They, they so did. Anyway. It's as great as the X Men. What the fuck. <laughs> So we get Inhumans versus X-Men spinning out of that, which, yeah, to hell with the Inhumans. Uh, we're not just killing mutants, though, this month. We also have Death of Hawkman. So I gather <laughs> DC apparently <laughs> decided, fuck Hawkman. I don't know, man. <laughs> um, all right, moving it along here. Sorry. I can't believe that this segment is going to be our longest segment for this podcast. It's um, this is good shit. <laughs> it's ridiculous. This is; these are just the note. It's like you would think I'm reading. I'm telling you about every comic that came out during. These are just the highlights, you guys. Well, Tim, and you this have is to how long the X Men Terragon stuff because again, it goes Terragon, whatever the oh, fuck it's called. Take, Terragon, take me away. Whatever. Oh, that's Calgon. Yeah, sorry. Take me away, Calgon. Whatever. But it ties into our freaking arc tonight, so I think it's Terragon sounds sorry. like a hat's a ranch. I've never. I think I've never. Terragon's a properly, spice. Yeah. Well. Yes, it is. I don't think I've ever properly gotten it off my chest. How ridiculous the the whole framing of that death of X and humans nonsense Maybe was. How you feel about tonight's then? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, we have a pair of Iron Man series firing up here. Infamous Iron Man and Invincible Iron Man. Not eh. sure why we need both. Um, Which one is Drunk Iron Man? Um. <laughs> Yeah, probably uh, from the Iron Man. <laughs> I think that's like the original Iron Man series in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we've got a new 
Great Lakes Avengers project as well. Remember the yes, <laughs> Great Lakes yes. the parody team? Yes. So there's some fun stuff done with them. Uh, here's another London one. J- London JLA and the Harley Quinn series almost. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. I like this, you guys. He-Man Thundercats miniseries ah, from, from ah. DC. God damn it. Gotta, there you go, Andy. Again. Yep, you got to cover it. Yep, got to cover that. Why shit to read? Damn. I know. I hope you're. I hope you're taking notes. I'm to read all these I, books, I'm actually. Comments. I'm actually to read He-Man Thundercats. Fuck Andy. I might too. I might be in the market. I might be in the market for that. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, new Jessica Jones series firing up here as well. Uh, we have the what? <laughs> the pulse that spun out of whatever fucking. Wasn't that the no, name of the comic? Is... That she came that spun out of her. She alien? started in the pulse. Yeah, she started oh, in right. the, okay. the pulse. Yeah, yeah I got the, it. Mixed um, up, okay. It was like a reporter. Yeah. So um, we have the uh, gay lovers and Batman and Superman analogs, uh, Midnighter and Apollo, oh. getting a new series as well from DC. Uh, not branded under that that uh, rebirth initiative. It doesn't look like. Although maybe it's understood that every new number one is just part of that. I don't know. I'm not clear on these things. Uh, God, more more Andy Atherton love here. We've, <laughs> we've got Optimus Prime getting his <laughs> his own series from IDW. But why? <laughs> and why? hang on though, hang on. And a new Transformers series called Transformers Lost Light. I think these are relatively acclaimed, to be honest with you. I think people really like them. Like the 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 solo series was acclaimed. Well, I don't know if Optimus Prime was, oh, but okay. I I know that the Transformers book from that listen, time period. Listen, you said the acclaimed. All right, moving on. <laughs> uh, Couple haters. I kind of like this idea: Star Trek Green Lantern. Oh, uh, both both are butt. God, fuck. Yeah, I didn't like that crossover. I didn't like Star Trek. Oh, did you read it? Universe. Yeah, I did. I wasn't a big fan. Oh, really? Okay. Was it, OG? Big... Was it OG Star Trek, guys? Like I can't even remember. I think I tapped I... out like five of five. If it were uh... Picard, I'd probably be down with it. But... Yeah, maybe so. The cover was a great, though. six issue mini, apparently. So it got some breathing room. They gave it six issues from what I see here. Um, How about this from Marvel? Unbeatable Squirrel Girl. You choose the story. I guess like a choose your own adventure type of book. Crickets. Okay, Squirrel. moving on. I've never, I've um, never, never read Squirrel Girl. So. <laughs> we have the uh, the great value version of the Punisher, uh, a Spider-Man vigilante character solo. Going Ooh, I solo. solo. I enjoyed Solo. Did you like Solo? I did like Solo. Yeah. Well, you can you can read his. Tim did like Solo. There. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just not that familiar with the character. Yeah. Like I, I know who he is, but I, I don't know that I've read a single comic with him in it. Maybe in passing, you know. I don't, anyway, uh, fans of Spider-Man's marriage to Mary Jane would be pleased with Amazing Spider-Man: Renew Your Vows. This was a, I guess, like a continuation of the the Secret Wars uh, miniseries where they it was like an exploration of a, a universe a an alternate universe where Spider-Man and MJ are still married. And so I guess they, uh, they did reasonably well sales wise. So they said, well, we'll revisit that. How about it? Uh, Avengers gets a relaunch. Just, just plain old Avengers. Number one here. Uh, but we also have 
Avengers 1.1 question mark. This is when Marvel was doing that weird thing with their numbering where they would have, uh, it's sort of similar to DC with DC rebirth. You had Marvel now. So Marvel now consisted of, uh, again, a lot of these relaunches and, uh, New numbers one and numbers one point whatever. I remember they would do 1.1s. They would do 2.1s. They even did a one point now. How you catalog that in, in your in your uh, long box, I have no idea. But um, it was rather confusing to me. But it's a good way to sell multiple number ones, I guess, in the, in the same month. I It must have been pretty befuddling to comic shop owners how to how to do their orders when they're like number one and number 1.1 what (laughs) like it's yeah anyway getting close to the end here you guys catwoman election night (laughs) number one um the less said about election night 2016 probably the better i i i didn't look into this too much but i have half a mind to wonder if it was an attempt to to tie into the um, assumed first woman president, except that didn't pan out, right? Like, just <laughs> the way that whole thing went sideways, right? I think maybe they didn't anticipate, like, like no one really anticipated the outcome of that election, and it was sort of like, ooh, what is this thing now? Um, I'm a little bit curious to see exact, find out exactly what that is. Uh, Ghost Rider gets a relaunch from number number one. There's something called Occupy Avengers number one. I, you got me. Thanos gets his own series, but not to be outdone. So does Gamora, uh, and it seems like we are doing a big push here on the sort of cosmic realm of the Marvel Universe because you have new series for Captain Marvel with uh, Mighty Captain Marvel number zero, uh, Nova, Rocket Raccoon, Star-Lord, and yeah, all of those getting new number ones, so big cosmic push there. Venom getting a new series. I guess this begins the big revitalization of Venom because he seems like a big deal character for Marvel today, and I feel like this is where it starts. I know he's had periods of popularity and... Uh, shall we say doldrums as well but um i think this is what really led to the big venom resurgence so in any case going back to 2016 there uh your stupid kids might be entertained by angry birds flight school number one sounds stupid sounds really i played i played all the angry birds years well that's dumb uh, <laughs> we definitely, my kids definitely saw the uh, Angry Birds movies in theaters. I remember taking them to see that. I bet that was a treat. We've got uh, coming soon, maybe one day, question mark, uh, to Disney Plus as a series, Black Panther World of Wakanda. So maybe the, maybe the comic will uh, serve as inspiration for a hypothetical series well, we shall see to do a wakanda show but it's been taken we're off. supposed to it's been taken off yeah and finally for your for your uh end of year december holiday season we've got the dc rebirth holiday special 
Now, Marvel has some counter-programming in the form of the Gwenpool holiday special, Merry Mix-Up, okay, and, and a twofer, Power Man and Iron Fist Sweet Christmas Annual. I bet that's fun. Right? I think it's placed in the 70s. <laughs> it would be cool if it did, actually. Well, Power Man and Iron Fist real big in the 70s. Sweet Christmas is yeah. like his famous saying, so... And you know what? If if Avengers versus Inhumans, or excuse me, if X Men versus Inhumans wasn't doing it for you, you've got Justice League versus Suicide Squad. Ooh, that sounds kind of cool. I mean, yeah. all right, yeah. And there's something called Ultimates Two Number One from Marvel. This is uh, I don't think it's set in the Ultimate. Well, there is no more Ultimate Universe coming out of Secret Wars. So this is a six one six team book. Uh, Again, I couldn't tell you what it's about. And uh, a pair of series for two rather irreverent Marvel characters, Fool Killer and Slapstick, both getting number ones. Uh, Failed to mention Hawkeye number one, new series for the Kate Bishop Hawkeye and a Hulk. Yeah, Hulk series as well. I Um, did read the Hawkeye book. That was good, too. Yeah, isn't this was the not. The, that's what the. Isn't, that's not. Oh, that's no, no, no. Not this was later. Thinking. This was later. Yeah. Oh, that's not the. That's not the. Fra- uh, what fraction? That's not no, the, it's not, not the fraction. The okay. fraction in right. David. The fraction was way earlier, right? A few years earlier. Yeah. yeah. I thought. Okay. And uh, Hulk gets a relaunch as well. Um, whew, Jesus. That was, Jesus, that was that's, a lot. And you'll notice from that, I I named pretty much all number ones and one shots and miniseries didn't have any big anniversary issues in there. Did we didn't, didn't have an issue 100 didn't even have an issue 25. Right. So I think that tells you the state of the comics marketplace in a nutshell in 2016, it's all just relaunches you guys. And it is, it's not just one publisher flooding the market. It is, Marvel and DC, the big two major publishers, just with this glut of content, I can't believe that any reader could be expected to to keep up with all this. This is it's highway robbery, and it's it's yeah. honestly obscene. This was making this list to me, and, and the part of the reason I, I sort of forced us to do this is to just show you how obscene this market has become. It really kind of took my breath away. Um, You also had just an absolute spate of variant covers. I had to like literally, I I get these lists from Mike's Amazing World of Comics, the awesome, awesome website that has a a newsstand feature where you can go and and literally see what was on sale at what date and, and what year and from which publishers. And it has, thank God, a, an option to filter out the variant covers because, holy shit, was it almost impossible to sort through where you have five and six covers of just the most mundane shit. You're like, we're, we're acting like this is a Jim Lee X-Men relaunch. What are we doing? Why, why, does, why does Solo need five covers, right? <laughs> I mean, wow. I'm, I'm picking on Solo. I don't know that it really does, but... It's just every number one would just have multiple variants. Um, Who is this for? Who the fuck is buying this shit? It was 
Oh, it, it made me angry, honestly. It really did. I could tell. I'm like, if this is the comics market in 2016, shut it down. Just don't don't even publish comics. Yeah, this is such yeah a, they a love doing the trees. Andy will disagree with you because 2016 a waste was the of year money. of <laughs> Well, it kind of does. I mean, he, he's got a lot of great takeaways. He really yeah, does. Like, Andy, good just, luck. This could all just be published digitally, right? Just why are we still pumping out just paper copies of just bullshit? Right. Absolute bullshit. Moving on. <laughs> I think that's how they get by now, Tim, is all the variants. I guess it's it's all they can do, right? It's It's just that... Milk it, milk them for as much money as you can. Just like it's, you know, you're circling the drain, asking more and more from from a shrinking marketplace and from consumers who are just no longer there. Um, it it's a sad state of affairs, but I, I hate that that is what it's come to. Like, God, what a what a it's, ridiculous. It's a little different now. I mean, there's less series. I mean, I'll be honest with you. The Marvel stuff today, I mean, I'm not going to get into it, but the DC stuff is quite entertaining. They've, like, with their new, like, the whole thing they're doing now, the, what is it, the Dawn of DC, they've really, like, mm-hmm. structured it and shrunk it a little bit, which is really cool, focusing on main characters. So that's probably why I like it so much. Excellent. Well, we're going to talk about something that you also liked very much. I which did. Is, I did. Yeah, your pick here, Daredevil Dark Art, as I said, Volume 5 of the Daredevil series, issues 10 through 14. Your creative team is writer Charles Soule, artist, so I imagine he's doing uh, pencils and ink, Ron Garney, uh, your colorist Matt Milla, letterer Clayton Cowles, assistant editor Chris Robinson, editor Mark Panicia. Uh, might be butchering that. Your editor in chief at the time, not Jim Shooter, but Axel Alonzo. <laughs> I feel like everything Marvel is is always Jim. It pretty Shooter's much has editor. been up to this point. Yeah. All right. So this series, the fifth volume of Daredevil, as I said, picked up after the events of Secret Wars, big line wide reboot, um, and follows that. Uh, awesome run, very, very long run from uh, Mark Wade. So Charles knew, Charles knew, Charles Soul is kind of new to the scene here, and he's joined by Ron Garney. Pretty big shoes to fill by both of them. I know that Ron Garney was like a, a veteran superhero artist at this point. He had cut his teeth on Moon Knight and Ghost Rider comics going back to the early 90s. Um, Achieved acclaim as an artist on the Mark Wade, there's that name again, uh, Captain America, also in the 90s, that truncated run before it got before it got cut off by the Heroes Reborn uh, reboot in 1996. I remember that being quite controversial at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but he moved on to do excellent work on Silver Surfer, went back to Captain America when heroes reborn ended and we did heroes return now into like you know 1997 1998 i remember really enjoying that series getting on board getting on the ground floor there was uh great so that's when i really became familiar with ron garney as an artist uh he also moved over to do some work on the hulk in the late 90s good artist for that character um and then fill-in work on uncanny x-men made the move to D.C. where he was uh, the last, I guess, regular artist for the JLA 
before the big Infinite Crisis reboot on the DC end of things, returned to Marvel uh, to do some high-profile work on The Amazing Spider-Man. That was around the time of Civil War. And back in black, remember Spider-Man revealed his identity to the world, and that ended rather badly. Um, And he had to go back in black, put the black costume back on after... Aunt May was shot by an assassin. <laughs> um, good times. So uh, Garney then would pencil many issues of Wolverine and Uncanny X-Force, took on various limited series, special projects, and one-shots, sort of a, a real ace in the hole for Marvel, I feel like, before he did get this regular gig here on Daredevil, alongside Charles Soule. And uh, I just... I've always liked his work. I think he he does have a knack for like classic solo superheroes. Um, never really found his team books to be quite as engaging, but you guys, I'll go ahead and say it. Like he, Sean, you wondered how how I would feel about uh, this this run of comics here, but for my money, Ron Garney's art has never looked better than on this daredevil book. Like if this is representative of of what he did on the series, this was fantastic art. I, I really, really enjoyed artistically what, uh, what he brought to the table here. Yeah, I agree. And especially the, um, the, the, like the the subject of what the book was, like it gave off like a gothic, like creepy vibe and it fit the tone perfectly and Perfect, yeah. as I mean, someone who loves dark art you gotta think the art would have to be pretty good i think right, right. well in a lot of i mean I, I feel like a lot the colorist matt miller is doing a lot of heavy lifting here too um just great use of like negative space and a lot of a lot of the sequences throughout this and and again just suits the the characters and the subject matter so so much just a, a great blend of of pencils and and colors um just rock solid, rock solid artistic team here on this uh, on these five issues. So, I, I mean, I, I can't do more than gush over that, really. Um, talk about Charles Soule for a minute. He's an interesting cat. He he was really prolific as a writer um, at this time period, especially just across a wide variety of titles and characters for Marvel. Seemed like he just took on anything that came his way. He could, he's one of those guys that I guess you could say he could make chicken salad out of chicken shit. <laughs> so you think of projects like Death of Wolverine, which happened um, about a year or two before this. And again, all of those Inhumans books that I was sort of, you know, getting a little bit in my feelings about. Um, the Wolverine book was interesting. It was that and his inhuman stuff, I kind of feel like was better than they had any right to be. Like, they're not great, but it was like, all right, people people aren't loving this anyway, but see what you can do with it. And he kind of got something out of both of those concepts, I feel like. So I don't know. Like, it's hard to say where his particular passions lie as a writer other than just He's good at doing genre writing for whatever character, whatever series, whatever concept. He just, he finds a way to make it work. Um, Reminds me a lot in that sense of, here's a name that 
probably haven't heard in years. Like uh, he's like a modern day Fabian Nicieza. Remember that guy who just yeah. wrote everything in the nineties, you know, um, was never a big name in his own right, but was extremely prominent and extremely capable. Um, again, for Marvel predominantly throughout the nineties, just seemed like he was always eager for work and he was not picky about the types of jobs that came his way. Uh, just as professional as it gets, you know, as treating comics as a craft, as, as that, you know, work for hire writer. He's fast, he's skilled, by all accounts, seems pretty pleasant to work with. I never heard bad things about Charles Soule. Um, and I believe, according to Neil Gaiman, you know, on, the, on that checklist of fast, skilled, and pleasant to work with, you really only need to have two in order to be successful in the comics field. So if you, if you manage to tick all three, you're, you're doing pretty good. Um, so Charles Soule is going to be writing the entire volume, volume five of Daredevil here. So that's, I, I counted them up, and so that's a total of 46 issues, you guys, which that's a lot of Daredevil, right? <laughs> so just shy of 50 there. Uh, but prior to, to this run, uh, Charles Soule had runs on Red Lanterns and Swamp Thing for DC. He wrote the first 12 issues of a Superman Wonder Woman series for DC as well. Uh, at Marvel, his past work includes She-Hulk, Thunderbolts, and Astonishing X-Men. I remember that one. Uh, and then he settled in as a regular writer on... Uh, the flagship Star Wars series, now, again, back at Marvel, and in more recent years, he's been uh, co-writing a creator-owned dystopian sci-fi series called Undiscovered Country. That is with Scott Snyder for Image Comics. So I love Scott Snyder. What up? Yeah, I kind of like him, too, and I'm a little bit curious to perhaps check this out. I've, I'm not familiar with Undiscovered Country, Um but I might be on board with something like that. I, I love Snyder's Batman run. He did uh, a yeah. Vows, which I thought was amazing. So fan favorite writer there. And uh, I don't know. So Charles soul flying under the radar a bit, but has done good work. Um, I have to say I was astonished by this, but um, despite this dude writing no less than four books a month on average for Marvel during this time period, again, I was looking at just what he was writing just multiple titles in and every month in and out. He is a full-time, he has a day job as an attorney. <laughs> He's like a, an immigration lawyer. Um, so in some ways, Charles soul is kind of the perfect fit as a writer for daredevil. You would think, right? So I don't know where he finds the time, but somehow he made it work. Uh, so we're pulling in. On issue 10 of this series now, and at this point, Matt Murdock has been established uh, with a new status quo as a uh, New York City prosecutor. So, you know, rather than being on the side of the defense, as he was throughout much of his career, uh, this is going to lead to some friction with his new colleagues. Which he's got like an office in some... a closet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely the low man on the totem pole. Yes. Right, he's just like a lowly ADA. Um, he's not well-liked because he's he's gone up against a lot of these people uh, as, as a defense attorney, right? And has beaten their asses pretty handily 
So a lot of them have big chips on their shoulders, and these are the people he is both working with and reporting to now. So that's a kind of interesting new setup, new twist on the character, um, being on the other side of the aisle now and pursuing justice. Uh, at the same time, the vigilante Daredevil, his alter ego, has picked up a new sidekick. And it's a, a kid by the name of Samuel Chung, uh, and he goes by the name of Blindspot. He is, uh, I guess, a, an uh, illegal Chinese immigrant, from what I gather. Correct. So his immigration status is going to come up um, in the course of, of this run. Yeah, multiple times. But that's you know that's probably owing to to Charles Soule's own work as an immigration attorney. So he probably figured, hey, I write what you know and. This is this is what I do for a living, so it just makes a lot of sense to incorporate that uh, with this, you know, undocumented character who is now Daredevil's sidekick slash uh, would be partner. And he, uh, in his civilian identity, he's he's Matt's legal assistant again. And the who doesn't know who Daredevil is, obviously, does not know that Matt is Daredevil, right? right. Also, I usually hate like these added on like people I never really heard of. I didn't have a problem with uh, Blind Spot. Spot. Yeah, he, you know, as we get going through the, he's actually a pretty good guy. Like, as we see, like, Mm -hmm. he doesn't want anything bad to happen. And, you know, we'll go out and, you know, as we get into, we'll literally lose his eyes, uh, which, yeah, I know getting ahead, but uh, we we jump around here. But that was pretty gnarly. I was literally said, holy shit, when I read that. This whole thing is the easy word gnarly it's pretty it's rough yeah. it's, it's brutal yeah it, it lives up to its billing it is dark art for sure um yeah i i found uh, i wasn't familiar with this character blind spot going in either uh but uh yeah a lot of times it feels like these characters are a bit over pushed right and, you know we talk about the inhumans for one thing um which they show and, up and for i no promise yeah i promise we'll we'll circle back to that i, I keep teasing it i feel like but um blind spot just just seems like a good kid who's trying to do the right thing and and you sort of find yourself rooting for him um especially as as he gets the deck the deck increasingly stacked against him uh in the way that things end for him on uh, on a really tragic note uh you, you just feel for the guy so yeah I, I thought he was used pretty well if anything if I had any criticism, it's that he does feel a little bit disposable, like almost like, okay, was this character just created to essentially be killed and, and bring more angst into Matt Murdock's life? Because that's what you do with Daredevil, right? Hey, it's fine. Um, it works. Yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly effective, but from what I understand, this is not really the end for this character. It's, it's more of a setup for more things to come. So well, then, well, the he gets, setup, then he gets ended right there later on. Well, it's like, well, he's got a whole interesting thing. Like he was a janitor and then there's uh-huh. this like, whole story. I don't know. Do you ever heard of 10 fingers, Tim? There's like this whole like yeah. story about him and his mom and his crime lord right. ten fingers prior to Dark Art. So he's got a really interesting backstory. So it's right. kind of one to go read. It's prior. It's a story prior to this one. So it's, it's yeah, a, he sort of has his own. Um, it it, it seems like suit, the invisibility suit he created. <laughs> yeah, and I thought that was a cool gimmick too. Yeah. That uh, 
you can see how that would make sense. And, you know, in the world of Daredevil, it's like, it's not going to be effective um, against a, a character like Daredevil. So you can see how that would maybe play off of him and his powers and, and why these two would maybe complement each other a bit. Uh, I, I have to say, like, you know, we've been talking about this, this setup and, you know, just how blind spot came to be and a part of Matt's universe here. I thought that first issue did a good job of weaving in a lot of exposition into the dialogue in a way that, that felt natural. It didn't feel like, okay, we got to get you caught up because we're 10 issues in and, and this is a new story arc. And who knows if you've read those 10 issues, because as someone who did not read the preceding issues of this series, I, I felt like I was brought up to speed pretty quickly and without like I was didn't feel like I was getting an info dump, you know? So yeah, basically Sam had brought, he, he had, like blind spot had broken his arm so he couldn't do his other job. Yeah. So, so he was injured. Yeah. yeah. Which is fine. We, we get that established yeah. uh, and out of the way quickly. So he's recovered now from that injury. He's ready to get back on the streets. Uh, they get that across uh, yep. pretty effectively. So I, I had no trouble following this at all i I didn't really have yeah it was pretty cool how they did yeah what unanswered questions i had um very quickly were resolved right so i I was not in any way lost in in picking up this from issue 10 um andy was what was your experience you know reading this not having read um daredevil in comics but maybe being familiar with the character from you know, the Netflix series or, or even, I don't know, Ben Affleck film. What's uh, oh, what's God. your background? I, I, I blocked the Ben Affleck Daredevil. film out of my mind. Um, no, I, I that's that's fine. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, I was curious, you know, to check it out because of how much I enjoyed Daredevil, the, the TV show. But I, <laughs> I I really liked it. I mean, this was I was it was one of those like I, I tried to pace myself because it was like heavy to me like because it was like a lot of stuff going on with the uh, you know with the killer and all that and it was like a um like a real like crime noir to me where it was like you but just you didn't kept... find it you didn't find it difficult to follow no I no i was like i was kind of like who's this blind spot person but i've you know i've mm. i saw the use you know reasoning why they're there and everything like that because you know heroes the weak spot for heroes is people they care about right and you have to have somebody you have to be able to expose their weak spot at some point so no foggy no karen no anybody else that i'm familiar with um there but there that's that gives him you know it opens him up to making mistakes or or being emotional or whatever because of of the connection he has to this other character so yeah, I I liked it, and you know the Inhumans. I was kind of like, what what? Why are they here? Like what what's <laughs> happening yeah. here? Because I you know like me like I I don't know anything. So I'm like, why? Like I like I didn't even know the Inhumans were like, I didn't even know if we'd ever come across them with stuff because I know that yeah. you know how much disdain you guys have for them unless I pick one by mistake, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, well and this is like we said this is like kind of their resurgence so they were all yeah. over the place yeah time. so yeah. no it was it was cool though i mean i having the inhumans though with the you know with their their laws and their cops and all that stuff I, it was it was okay that part but just trying to um the way that this this 
killer was just messing with people. It was just it was, so great. Yeah, it was it was really a good read. Like I read like I read at a pace like reading one a day. I didn't want to read more than that because I wanted to kind of like digest it and not like get myself like all all like burned out on it. So no, it was cool. I I, I had no trouble following in the story. Good. Uh, because our central conflict here, as, as you mentioned, is going to be a, a new serial killer on the scene here. A guy by the name of Muse, who um, is quite freakish looking. Uh, and his whole deal is creating uh, works of art through his very gruesome crimes. Uh, he, he, he hits the scene with a blood mural. It's like a giant painting of, of blood uh, and, and come to find out from many, 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 like hundreds of different, different people different, in it. <laughs> yeah, different people, different DNA. So gross. And it's kind of like, okay, well, and they don't find any bodies, right? It's like, where are the bodies? Where, where is this coming from? If it's truly this many victims, um, oh my God. So that's, that's the other side of the equation. We've got to figure out and he just continues with these types of crimes and seems muse uh, seems a little eager for uh, artistic acceptance as well. So he's kind of a quirky character. Um, he frequently quizzes Daredevil, you know, well, did you like the work? Uh, it reminded me a little bit of um, like Jack Nicholson's Joker from from the 89 Batman uh, where you remember he, you know, the, the, uh, the art museum scene yes, yes. where, uh, it, he's just, uh, very, it, it looks like he's just defacing all these paintings, but there's actually like a purpose behind what he's doing. And he's, you know, he meets with Vicki Vale and he's like, I just admire you so much as a fellow artist. And I, I must ask, did you, did you like it? And she's just like, you're fucking insane. Um, and then the stuff with, uh, uh, who's the the uh, the love interest? Alicia, right? Who gets her yes. face yes. burned in acid? She's like, "Oh, Jack, you said you I could watch you improve the paintings." <laughs> He's just like, "Ooh, just yeah, I don't know." Crazy. A That's lot of that. Shit. It almost gave me a reason to to rewatch that movie, um, just because that's such a it a very distinctive take on on an iconic character, and I. So I enjoyed that as an introduction to Muse as, uh, I guess, a new addition to Daredevil's rogues gallery. I don't know. So like Tim, Daredevil... here's, what I, here's what I ultimately, I mean, again, I don't want to jump ahead. Ultimately, and if I missed this, I apologize. They never really came to explain how he became what he is. No, they did not. So they I assumed he was an human. Well, I thought I so, too. too. I did, end, too. I did, too. But they never really fully explained that. You know, it's it was weird, right? Right. Because we do learn that he has powers. Yes. Um, they're somewhat vaguely defined, but when Daredevil has his first one-on-one confrontation with Muse, he he says something to the effect that all of the, the sensory information in the surrounding area is like being pulled into this figure, this, this man, which is really fucking with uh, Daredevil's heightened senses. So you almost wonder, like, what effect would this even have on someone who does not have 
<laughs> Daredevil's, uh, you know, radar vision and whatnot. Like, what does this even look like or, or feel like? What is this experience to the average person? Um, it seems like Daredevil is just particularly sensitive to whatever exact ability this this dude has. And so that's not really made clear. Uh, and he is unmasked at the end of the the five issue story arc and uh his face looks not altogether different from his mask right no eyes just no yeah it seems like there's no eyes but he does seem to be able to see well enough he gets around well enough he also almost looks like a rotting corpse kind of face yeah very ghoulish yeah it's really very very unsettling so i got the sense that this was a guy again mutated through Terogenesis because the the mists, yeah. I think because like they bring it up so much, we see that cop who like works as like the liaison between the New York uh, cops and the dickhead uh, Inhumans. Because like we see the um, what's the name of Medusa, who's a complete bitch, and it's just like queen of the Inhumans royal family. Yes, but not only that though. Like in the second like performance or whatever. He's like planted like six inhumans corpses in like these random acts. Right. Like, and that is why yeah. that is why the inhumans are involved in this at all, because some of some of the newly turned inhumans, the you know, people who used to be walking around like everyday citizens who have been, you know, transformed through this this world phenomenon, um, and they've been claimed as inhuman citizens essentially now they have been uh they are among the victims of muse so that gets the inhumans involved they're pissed about it they're kind of like claiming jurisdiction here and they've got a guy that uh is sympathetic to daredevil but is sort of trying to be the go-between and you know liaisoning between like the nypd now he works for uh, (laughs) yeah Yes. Because he is himself an inhuman as yes. well, with yes. uh, I don't know some kind of enhanced vision powers. So he is, uh, and I and I kind of like that character as well. Um, like he he comes across as fairly reasonable in the way that other <laughs> like established inhuman characters. Scott mentioned Medusa; they sort of do not, right? They just seem like huge pricks and are here to serve as an, an obstacle more so than anything. So there's like some some of that bureaucratic red tape wrapped up in this. And I guess that kind of makes effective use of of those characters. But at the same time, it just it also just serves as a reminder of this period of Marvel where it was just nonstop inhumans all the time. Like you couldn't escape it. And I, I mean, I totally get why they're used. This is, again, Charles Soule, the same writer who's doing a lot of work on these various inhuman series and one shots and special projects. Like, yeah, of course he's going to work them into his regular book. Even if, even if this is not itself uh, an inhuman title. Um, So I think he does kind of make effective use of them. It's just the overall baggage that it conveys. Uh, It's sort of left a, sort of left a bad taste in my mouth. I guess you could say. Yeah, I I get what you're saying in that because, it's but like, that's not the fault of, of Charles Soule, the writer. That's, no, but, you that's know, Marvel. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess I listen. Here's the thing I was thinking about through the book. Like, I love the creation of Muse. Like, he's a very like to me this almost very sevenish kind of in comic form. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess for me, where if I had any complaints, is that they really truly need to integrate the whole inhuman thing into it. I know that was a product of the time, right? But yeah. Yeah. I don't think it was needed. I think you could have had Muse just be Muse and do what Muse did, and you didn't have to have the whole inhuman bullshit, even though in the end, they're the ones that put them away, right? So I don't. I, I think that would be my one flaw is it kind of takes away a little bit for me of what Daredevil proper is when it comes to – I mean, it just doesn't make sense. He's a street-level guy. It's kind of like my complaints with Spider-Man in the Marvel movies where they put him in space and shit. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, one yeah, complaint. Totally that's, yeah, that's my one totally complaint agree. with this whole thing, to be honest with you. But yeah, I, beyond that, I guess if I, I have little, they're probably nitpicky criticisms, and they just say more about uh, me than anything else. I, I couldn't help but think that some of this, like just the whole co- high concept of Muse, and like he's this, um homicidal artist and like his his crime scenes are supposed to be works of art it it felt i'm gonna just go ahead and say it it felt a little like late season dexter Mm. and i'm gonna tell you right now that dexter was as was never as good of a show as people hyped it up as even when it was good in the first like four seasons I always thought that show was massively overrated. And then when it got bad, it got really bad. So immediately I'm like making that association. And it's like, again, with the Inhumans reminding me of something that I seriously have a distaste. For. I totally I'm get like, that. I get that part of so, it for sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember there was, I think it was the fifth, probably the sixth season of Dexter. Uh, Colin Hanks was the, the, I think he was the serial killer and they were doing like these, I think they called them, um, they weren't murals. They were tableaus, right? The, the, like the way the victims would be arranged. It's like, Oh, he, he's building a tableau. And I'm like, really, what are we doing? Like, it just felt so try hard and like edge Lordy. And I was like, fuck all this. Like, this is just dumb. Um, which I'm not saying that this like that's what this this story arc is, but it I did draw that comparison. Like I couldn't help but but make that comparison because it just that's what was in my head. And there's been so many examples I think of this type of thing done badly that I'm like, mm, I don't know that this is really as like original and clever and and creative as maybe it thinks it is. You know what I mean? Interesting. Um, I mean, that's a good, I mean, listen, that's a good take, but for me, it's like, but listen, I do I like, like the character yeah. of Musil and I like the design. Um, yeah. The of design. That the, yeah. What, I mean, the art we already talked about. I mean, even listen, here's the thing. Okay. And I know we haven't, we're not, we don't typically go super deep on these things. We just talk about it in general, but you know, the part where he, he pops out blind spots eyes is pretty savage. Um, I said yeah. that was gnarly as hell. Like yeah, I was I shocked that happened. Yeah. Like that was fuck. I mean, it came so out of nowhere. And then the scene where you see all the like dead bodies, like like upside down with all their blood drained out. I mean, there's some like well, they harsh, were able to save them. It was awesome. Yeah, there's like harsh ass shit in this. Now the other thing I would tell you at the end, and then um, I'll let I'll let everybody else talk. Is the end 
where he's just kind of like taken away and he's put into a high security detention thing. Like, there's just like no end game here. It's like the ending for me was a little bit of a disappointment. They just take there's the mask no off. Yeah, yeah, there's like really, really no like big ending to this guy and the freaking mass murders he collected. He's just like, okay, yeah, we're gonna take you off to we're gonna take you off to inhuman prison. <laughs> I mean, that's a little ridiculous. Right, which is like whatever. Yeah, you know, like. That's not how I that wanted to see this. I, I read five issues of this mass maniac fucking painting dead bodies, and like, and now you're gonna put him in a prison? Really? That's what yeah. I yeah. <laughs> It's like, no worries, fam. Well, and then um, I, I did sort of think this was a, um, it, it was a different direction to go, where he, uh, in the end, he ends up Muse breaks his own hands and says, uh, "That's what you would have done, right?" And he's like. Uh, Still like that. That's kind of a fuck you. I did too. Like, like yeah. it, it, he's still getting the last laugh yeah. um, in the end. Like he, it's it's acknowledging the fact that this conclusion is denying us of that catharsis that we want, and that this would be the kind of thing Daredevil would do as like a almost like an eye for an eye, just an act of poetic justice to to break and mangle these guys' hands and take his. Um, gift away essentially but he he steals that from him right he doesn't even allow uh daredevil to get that that last dig in on this guy and it's like boy what a son of a bitch right um i mean i really thought this was gonna be like hey this great new character that might like long term be like a bullseye kind of guy for him for daredevil uh like uh he would come back but um no uh he comes back i think once and that's it. Yeah, I understand he, he <laughs> does come back, but like he's not, he doesn't. And this is, a, it's often talked about how Daredevil has a really weak robes gallery in comparison yeah, it's just, to other it's just major characters. Yeah, but this guy would have been just awesome. Kingpin and Bullseye, really. It's yeah, like those are his major villains. You know, what? what is Stiltman really doing for us? What's what's Gladiator doing for us at the end of the day? It's, Do what it's now? not a deep Stilt, thing. Stilt, Stiltman? What Stiltman. the? Stiltman is a Daredevil villain, yes. Uh, it's it's not a deep bench yeah. at all, at all. Yeah, you've got the Hand, who are just like generic demon ninjas, like who cares? So The Beast in the Hand is the Beast. The Beast, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he kind of needs an injection of like real characters to to play off against, and here was an opportunity to do that with this this new uh, villain Muse. And I guess I guess they end up not really going that route so much. Is, is, is Madame Gal? Was there any Madame Gal? Is she oh, in the typhoon, uh, ty, What is it? Uh, typhoon Mary? Is that her name? forget her name uh, typhoid typhoon mary yes typhoon mary what is she typhoid but long-term muse uh dies he kills himself in a fire he commits suicide so that's again um kind of a lame I, way to I go i mean out. i could see him like going down as like his last work of art was himself or uh, something like some kind of crap like that well it was a final but, battle with blind spot um during like this whole Wilson Fisk for mayor kind of deal. I don't know if you guys have read that storyline, Tim, or not. Um, no, I, I've read, this is it, all I've read of Charles yeah. souls. So basically, old. basically blind spot goes after him to seek revenge. Um, and in the final fight, he, uh, muse basically, you know, he, he, he just walks into a fire, a burning pile of debris and just like, 
kills himself because he doesn't want to give blind spot the satisfaction of putting an end to uh-huh. it, so he just dies. Uh-huh. That's it. You're done. That's uh-huh. all you get from him. And I was like so mad when I read it. I'm like, what a fucking lost opportunity with this guy. They could have crafted something great with it. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, and we know so little about him. It's sort of like. And we still don't. Uh, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe like burning up in a fire is like maybe he has some way of like jumping bodies or something. Who knows? Right. Like maybe there's maybe there's a backdoor to, to bring him back from that just because he has such a blank slate. We don't really know his full capabilities, but. <laughs> It's. I mean, it's been several years now, and it seems like if you were gonna do it, it would have. It would have happened by now. So I don't know. Um, yeah, for the most part, this this was a pretty enjoyable read for me, uh, especially as a new uh, adversary for Daredevil. A lot of potential there. Um, the the gripes that I do have are, are fairly minor. Um, I, I also think like pacing wise. This was a very fast read for me. Not that that's a bad thing, but it, sure was. it, it felt a lot like I read this. I read all five issues back to back. It took about I'm not a speed reader, Sean, but it was a little bit over an hour, maybe an hour and a half. At Sounds most. About right. Yeah, I legit read it while waiting for a flight. There you go. Yeah. But I read so, it because I wanted to read it all the way through because I was fascinated by the character. Yeah, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. It was it was a page turner for sure. But in some ways it also this is an, a, a little bit of an unfavorable comparison. It reminded me a little bit of those early 2000s, remember, decompressed comics where it was like you'd have like an eight-issue arc and it would be a story that could have been wrapped up in two. Oh, like the weekly that they used to come out with back in the 90s. Well, no, they'd still be monthly. Um, oh. I'm thinking like Marvel is really bad about this. They would have six to eight issues uh, just – single storyline but it'd be a super super thin uh type of conflict that i mean you could literally read it in 20 minutes right it'd be like where like this is not and it wouldn't be like the story was bad it just wasn't a good value for your money right uh for for what everything cost like god i I wanted a little bit more out of this um so not saying that's what this was but I can kind of see the comparison, you know, where it was, all right, what did we really get out of these five issues here? Um, I think I also, and this is just me as like a, like a comics book, a superhero junkie. I could have done with like a little bit more action, you know, it was, where's, I could see that. Where's the action in this Daredevil comic? I liked how he was more of a detective. I mean, it sort of felt like, I guess it was like, well, that's Batman, but like, you know, he, I, enjoy, I enjoyed that part, like, but I can, I don't yeah, know. I just, just thought there was part. space for it. You couldn't find at five issues an opportunity to, to uh, I don't know, just give us some more um, Daredevil martial arts fighting action. So um, that's that's about where I land on this thing. I, I enjoyed it for the most part. I have minor, minor um, things that, that just, bothered me a little bit coming out of it at the end of the day, but I thought it was a good, definitely a worthy pick for, for this show. Um, Scott, was there anything? Yeah. uh, I I just, I just loved it. Like, um, you know, to be honest, it makes me sound lazy. I liked how it was like a quick read and a quick four issues. Like it wasn't like six or seven issues. It's not going to take a lot of your time. Yeah. And that you can say, 
I know it's not like power crap where it was um <laughs> where I felt myself like fighting to end the to to finish that thing where I was, yeah where I was like literally like reading on my tablet clicking like oh fourteen of forty nine fuck with this one I was like really I'm done like and I want to go to the next page which I did and I just. You know, if it was six or seven, it, it would have been fine, but it wouldn't have been as tight as it was because I think it ended at a good time. It made me want to read more Daredevil. Have I read more Daredevil? No, I'll just wait for Sean to tell me what to read, or I'm going to jump ahead and read Chip Zdarsky's run because I heard that's pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't have much more to say on it myself. Andy, Um were you, at the end of the day, pretty pleased with uh, this selection as well? I was. I mean, I could see where you there could have been some more action, but I think Muse is not a villain to take action against. It's more of, um, you know, the mental and the emotional uh, toll, I think. And we don't know if he's much of a fight. Well, he seems yeah. like he's kind of like Joker, capable. though. Joker, you don't get a lot of action in Joker comics unless he's, you know it's what I mean? More, it's one-sided, yeah. It's yeah. very one-sided when you do yeah. it. It's Batman beating the shit out of him, right? Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. I, maybe that's well, what I We didn't even get some like, of that, though. We didn't get much maybe, of that. Either. No, and, and maybe that's what I wanted, was at yeah. least, e- even if uh, even if it's not, like, the right uh, kind of uh, answer to this problem, just to have Daredevil beat the shit out of this guy, right? Mm. <laughs> um, even if it's not really solving anything, it's still scratching that itch for... I want some action in my superhero comic. Instead he breaks his own fingers and goes to jail. Instead, yeah, instead oh, he breaks fuck, his own okay. Yeah, it goes to Inhumans jail. So I'm like, all right. Uh, that was did. kind of a lame ending. I'll, I'll, I see what you did, but <laughs> still. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I guess I, I, I do sort of want to read uh, the rest of this and, and find out where things end up with this character. And certainly Blind Spot, this poor kid who... It's now blinded, much like his mentor. Blinded uh, by the light. Yeah. Uh, and that was a very effective, shocking scene, I would agree. Uh, did not see that coming, no pun intended. Uh, yikes there. But um, all in all, a very solid Daredevil story arc on this uh, here fifth fall. So is that three Daredevil. or four in a row that we've been okay with? I can't remember at this point. Ooh, well, I feel we like we started yeah. off a little wobbly there for <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> we did, but I, I, uh, I was just teasing you really that that I was gonna really go to town on this. I, yeah, no, I think you and I agree fundamentally on the things we didn't like and for the reason. Sure. Yeah. So I think we're, I, mean, I don't know how you could really massacre that. Like, I guess somebody who, if they have very, very strong feelings about what a daredevil story should be or something like maybe they, this didn't jive with them, but well, if you feel it, like, if you feel like I do about Hickman, like if you go, if you hate the inhumans as yeah. much as I hate Hickman, you would probably hate this. Could be, could yeah. be, yeah. But I, I make you read Hickman. To be honest, I kind of do hate the Inhumans. As much well, as I do too, no, but I do too. But <laughs> and I, it, it still didn't, didn't sink cool it. The yeah. for me. That's all. It, it still didn't sink it for me. Like I, I get why they're here. Uh, I just wish they weren't. Um, so, all in all, yeah, I think the trend continues. That it started our upswing, kind of started with uh, Longbow Hunters, right? Uh, all pretty positive on that. 
we we enjoyed uh, Harley's Little Black Book last time, and we're all I think giving thumbs up here to Daredevil Dark Art. So, how about it? Very cool, good. Guys. And uh, Tim will be the next person who picks. <laughs> yep. So that'll end uh, pretty swiftly, <laughs> I guess. Uh, let's, let's go out lasting. I already know. I already know what it is. Coming your way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I already, I, I do know what I am going to uh, foist on you. It is um, somewhat infamous, but I kind of want to see if it if it lives up to, or, or perhaps lives down to, its reputation. Remember, I think I That's, guessed what it was at one point. I think, you, well, you didn't it, say, yeah. but you you said you figured it out, but you didn't you didn't actually say. So, off air, I'll tell you guys officially what it is, so that I guess you can get started reading that. Uh, but we'll we'll come back to you soon with another episode here on Traders. Uh, if you want to uh, read this uh, Daredevil Dark Art in Collected Edition, it does have a dedicated trade paperback. Um, I don't think it's been put together in any. I don't know if this this run has gotten like the omnibus treatment necessarily. Doesn't look like it, but I could be wrong on that. But uh, certainly you can find it as well on Marvel Unlimited. That is how I read it. And it makes for a very swift, very smooth reading experience. Uh, beyond that, any final thoughts from you guys or anything uh, you would like to promote podcast-wise? I'll start with you, Scott Shiflett. Oh, what do I want to... Well, first off, uh-huh. Thank you, Tim, for hosting, as always. Sure. And, you know, you can check out my pods. I, I do a mishmash of them. Uh, YouTube Roulette, which is me completely off the rails uh, with Matt Souza, Logan Crossland, Jacob Williams. That's on the wrestling feed. I also do, on this feed, uh, Play While You Listen video game podcast, which I enjoy. It's a labor of love for me. It's the only one that I host. I'm not, you know, adding side comments. I actually uh, try to run it like a serious ship. It's not always that serious. Um, on the NoSo feed, I'm on linking up Lucha with Lucha Underground, and you know I'm not gonna toot my own horn here, but I want you guys, listeners, if you're still listening, to go check out the exposition drops mm. once a month Wednesdays, and it's hosted by our very own Tim Capel here and Jenny Smith, where they are going over the X Men animated series, hitting the X Men movies as they go. You can tell. If you love Tim talking comics on this one, this man doesn't need a Google Doc like besides to drop <laughs> random knowledge. This man knows his shit and is just – it's like sitting under the learning tree for that podcast. Him and Jenny are just – have amazing chemistry. I thought our chemistry was good. There, theirs might be a little bit better. Um, as, too much to much chagrin. But, you know um, – I just want you guys to go check that it's out. It's different. So. It's a different chemistry. Let's 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 say it's n- no better, no worse, just different. How about that? All right. But, um, That's it. Thank yeah, you. Just thank you no for problem. putting over that uh, that new podcast. So very strong. Um, I appreciate it. Uh, Sean, anything uh, you've got going on that you could? I was going to put over the X Pod too, just because. Oh man. Because oh, we. God. Uh, I mean. All of us have been guilty. I will shift and I part of the guilt tripping of making you do that pod because it's a labor of love. Yeah, for we you were, 
Yes, it shows that. We, no, it's great. Yeah, it's great. Um, so great the fact that I watched the whole first season of that cartoon this past you weekend. Did. My, you did. I did the whole weekend. Um, no, also um, on the No So Feed, uh, I will just plug the wrestling pod that I do with Schiff. Oh yeah, I missed that one. Yeah, he, well, because you've only done one episode so far. Um, so we do territorial over there, which is really we take one feud from the territory days and kind of go over it, start, middle, and finish, and then kind of give our thoughts on that feud. So you can find that monthly over on No So Feed, and that's all I got, Tim. All right, uh, Andy Atherton, what about you, sir? As the uh, proprietor, easy for me to say, of this uh, <laughs> podcast network, proprietor. Wow. Well. I, I will put over the X-Pod because I listened to it, too, and I rather Goodness. enjoyed it. Yes. Amazing. We're all in agreement. What is this love fest happening here? I know. Can't go wrong with X-Men. <laughs> no, I, I, really, I really enjoyed Shit. it, and I'm going to be um, listening along because I will be starting X-Men 97 probably within the next month, uh, you know, in my, my personal. like to watch, uh, you know, animated shows on on saturday and sunday mornings while i have my coffee and my breakfast so finishing up animaniacs and then x-men 97 is on the uh the docket but yeah everything you know check out everything here on this uh this feed you know i do the uh the video jukeboxes a couple times a week with keithy and steve that's every morning at every weekday morning 8 a.m gonna get back to dropping my uh pod blast of the animated shorts uh very soon those will drop on saturdays and yeah, just going to try to get back into like a um, a regular schedule with some of the, the pods with the cartoon pod and and uh, Laughing Theater and, and, and Blockbuster. And Miranda and I you know, should be coming back with another episode of the Muppet Pod soon and Pop Goes Classics Disney. Uh, we're up to Emperor's New Groove and that one. So uh, that hopefully will be coming within the next month or so. And uh, I do have a wrestling show. Uh, we had to we're on another extent. Uh, unintentional uh, hiatus for a moment. It's Logan's should... fault. Let's be real. No, no, this one was actually <laughs> my fault this time. Um, but yeah, uh, who's next? Uh, covering uh, the modern day NXT brand that is on the Place to Be Nation Wrestling Network. So yeah, just check out everything, everybody here in this uh, loving yet dysfunctional family have to offer to you, podcast wise. Yeah. I uh, I have an NXT podcast on Place Nation Wrestling as well, Andy. It is called PTB, PTB NXT with uh, the aforementioned Jennifer Smith and with Jacob Williams. Uh, it is not on hiatus, but it does come out somewhat irregularly. <laughs> I'll put it that way. So that's a monthly, sometimes leaning bi-monthly uh, podcast uh, on, again, Place Nation Wrestling. Uh, I also do a show there called Talkin' WCW with uh, Jenny and with our friend Greg Phillips, where we, believe it or not, talk WCW, either a wrestler, a concept, uh, you know, just anything within the world of WCW. Uh, we, we pick three representative match types, and we go through it. So we'll have an episode of that coming your way uh I'd say later in the month of September. Things should be lining up pretty well for that. And, boy, you guys uh, put it over pretty strongly already. But the, the brand new uh, podcast that I have been, uh, myself and Jenny, have been crowdsourced into, as we put it, 
the new X-Men related podcast. It is called Exposition. That is part of the Jenny position, which is carried by the North-South Connection. So you'll search North-South Connection as your uh, podcast network. That's our affiliate or, or sister network, I, I guess you could say, to Place Me Nation Pop here. And, yeah, Jenny was looking for new podcast ideas, and she was just kind of mulling it over, right? Said, I don't know, maybe, maybe something with X-Men. And everybody went, yep, X-Men, you're doing X-Men. And she was like, well, I guess I'm doing X-Men. And uh, I very quickly found myself uh, brought into the, the circle as co-host there. Uh, so we will be doing every episode of that, Jenny and myself. We will be joined by some friends along the way because we can't handle it on our own. We will have a great rotating panel of co co-hosts starting with our first proper episode. We've already dropped an episode zero that was on Pride of the X-Men from 1989, the ill-fated pilot race series that never was. We covered it in great detail and we will be, uh, Picking up our regular coverage with X-Men, the animated series from 1992. Talking some Night of the Sentinels, that first episode. In our next real official debut for the Exposition podcast. So look for that very soon. Here again on the North-South Connection. I am really pumped to be doing a dedicated X-Men show after all these years, you guys. Going to talk the animated series, going to talk movies. Hell, we might even do book reports along the way because there are X-Men prose novels. don't know if you knew that, but there are, and some of them are pretty good. I did not. So it's all X-Men and multimedia, basically. A multimedia X-Men extravaganza. So anyway, that'll do it for me. That'll do it for us. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Psyke68CYKE68 on I guess it's called X now. Speaking of things starting with X, God, God, that's annoying. Just it's still Twitter. Enough. Until that moron sells it or gets arrested. Fucking idiot. Um, anyway, Psych Six Eight on Twitter. If you want to tweet me, slide into my DMs. Whatever works for you. We'll talk X Men. We'll talk Daredevil. Talk some comics. Talk some wrestling. Whatever's on your mind. Until next time, you guys. Stay frosty.